How do you navigate your politics and your pleasure? How do you handle age gaps and power dynamics? Why are activists messy in the sheets whilst marching in the streets? This is basically life, looking at how folks are sexing, loving, and living. And I'm your host, Tiff Nugo. What is good? What is poppin'? My name is Tina Tsuemaka, and I am a feminist activist from Harare, Zimbabwe. And yeah, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> That's Tina, pronouns she, her. Tina hails from Zim and is a badass lawyer, author, activist, and feminist digital storyteller. She hosts the Feminist Bar podcast, a platform making everything about feminism with feminist powerhouses across the world. She founded Feminist Voices Zimbabwe, an org strengthening gender advocacy and access to justice through documentation and dissemination of information. Lastly, this one is hot girl summer all year round, and we love to see it. You know what? I love this for me. I love that you're back, right? And so we're going to kick off with doing the first segment, okay. which is called Inner the Streets. It's all about being in the internet streets, where I ask you the last three things you Google. Because, guys, I am really curious. Like, I stay curious because people Google some, like, weird, bare nonsense. And also people Google some really boring shit. Some of y'all are just, like, boring as hell. And I love that for you. Because why must you be interesting? You know what? You caught me on a good day. <laughs> you caught me on a good day. Okay. So, these are the last things that I Googled. And you know what? I'm so glad that, like, I know someone out there is listening to this. I know you're looking at me right now wondering if one of them is porn. It better be porn. Is it straps? <laughs> like, is it, like, an article on, like, how to get your pussy wet? Nope. Nope. You're wrong. <laughs> it's boring as shit. <laughs> okay. The first thing was HD lace front. <laughs> HD. Yeah, I was like just window shopping for a wig. <laughs> um, hot girl summer is coming. I need to be a bad. Also, bitch. your TikToks will not make themselves. Hey. Yeah. Your TikToks will. I not need make to them. be there. I need to be there. Okay, and then I googled apartments. Boo, boring. But then the last thing I googled is pretty interesting. Um, I googled. I was on the 710 website. 710 is a company <laughs> that sells <laughs> marijuana <laughs> and uh, marijuana-related products. I'm just going to market them right now. They sell everything from, like, your brownies, your space cookies, popcorn, mac and cheese, biltong. Mac and cheese? Yeah. You can put marijuana in mac and you cheese. You can put marijuana in anything. You just got to put your mind to it. <laughs> I just gotta put your so, mind to it. So literally, I was on their website and I just like realized that they now sell happy sticks. So I was like, "What, what the fuck are happy sticks? What is a happy stick? It's just blunts." Ah uh, <laughs> no, guys, we don't need to remarket everything. So now market like happy sticks. Like no, I'm pretty sure it's because maybe you, you're not allowed to use certain wording. If you're okay, selling. like yeah, like you're like oh, I'm just selling. Blunts. Yeah, because this is like a very small business run by a few people, so I'm sure they want to stay below the radar. Yeah, no, it's best to stay below the radar. Yeah, okay. so so those are the last three things I googled. Maybe I'll get myself some happy sticks. Who get knows? get the mac and cheese too, bro. <laughs> like no, get the mac and cheese and tell me. 
Okay, I... Okay, so the last three things I googled was... Okay, I'm not going to say the last thing I googled because... Why? Oh, because it's the person we've been talking about. Oh, hectic. Okay, next. Yeah, no, they don't get to be on the podcast. <laughs> uh, it no is free promo for no you. No free promo. No. Uh, <laughs> so the last three things I googled were... Okay, okay, mine are kind of boring too. No, okay, one is... Two are boring. One is not, right? So the scent Hugo Boss... <laughs> Because I'm trying to refine my perfume. I've just been uh-huh. smearing myself in lavender right now. So, like, that's what I'm doing, right? And then there's the Sasha conference in Cape Town, which I'm going to. It's like the sexual Sijiwat. Oh, that sounds amazing. No, it's, it's vibes. It's vibes. It's the first in-person one. But also, can we talk about how, like, expensive conferences are to attend? Can we talk about how expensive flights are? How are we supposed to attend these conferences? Bruh, like, I don't even know. But the last one is The Woman King. In my feels. Have you watched that film? Oh. You need to go watch the film. Don't be that person. <laughs> don't, be, don't be a bad black woman. Don't be that person. Like I'll take it. I'm, I, 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 will, yeah. I will. I'm definitely going to watch it. I want to watch it. You have to. So okay. those are the last three things I did. Okay. I mean, all the best on finding your scent. I understand that. I don't think... I just can't keep smearing myself in lavender, though. I think you smell amazing. Thank I can you. smell you from here. Oh. Okay. I, I like that. But also, that's a very strong scent. Why yeah, it so- but it's so peaceful, though. Okay, cool. Okay, as long as it's... Pe- okay, I yeah, think I'll keep smearing myself in Because lavender. lavender, like, is something that gives you peace of mind. You know, like, lavender is usually, like, you know, you're sleeping. Um, and you're just there. Yeah. So. Okay. And I also, like, like to smear myself with lavender when I sleep. So, it's a very familiar Okay. Scent. I love that for me. Okay, yeah. so now we're done with this part of the segment. And now we're going to go into the podcast. Let's go! Okay, so now with this podcast, ne? we have been having a lot of conversations about friendship and fucking, but from a feminist lens. Uh-huh. And how, like even today, like when I was here, like and we were chatting and how we be ignoring red flags or how people be in the streets subtweeting each other mm. but talking about feminist community so i'm gonna be asking you some questions mm-hmm. about <laughs> feminist fucking right so like now the first one right so the way you've been dating and having sex and being in the streets do you actually think it's been fe- i'm just gonna come out the gate do you think that you always have a feminist lens doing it like do you actually feel your feminism comes into it properly here's what i want to say first mm-hmm. Are you caveating? <laughs> You're like, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me tell you something. Yeah, let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something. Here's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. Is that, like, feminism is much bigger than us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a movement and ideology. So not everything you do in this life will be feminist just because you're a feminist. True. Feminist, it can be a, it can be a doing word, but it is not always a verb in your everyday life. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I do think though that as you like are like dating people or like as you're like in your relationships and stuff like that, you will be confronted with a lot of the things that you claim are feminist. Yeah. That you are either like falling short of or whatever. <laughs> so what will I say? What was the question? Have I been feminist? Like in the way you're Ish. thinking. Because, like, even, like, when you think about having sex, what does having sex as a feminist look like? Because, like, I've been grappling with that, right? In terms of, like, thinking about that and stuff like that. Because 
you think about like the politics yeah. of like not even just pleasure but like fucking like the something as simple as power dynamics right yeah and like not properly unpacking power dynamics because i'm thinking about like when i had my my stint with my ben 10 right <laughs> like yeah no they were like 10 years younger than me and like sometimes like the power dynamics were like super off where i like i knew i had all the power yeah. in that engagement right mm-hmm. and sometimes i wielded it and i'd have to stop and think am i unpacking this nicely right i mean that's interesting that you say that but if you're speaking about this being a woman then that obviously is completely inappropriate but if you're talking about a man then i would say that that makes the power dynamic a little bit more complex because you have the age thing right so if you're like 30 and this person is okay no that's so so young well, can we have some context, please? Oh, I'm 35, <laughs> and this person was 25. Okay. Yeah, no, like, no, I'm not into these, like, teen <laughs> streets, my G. <laughs> I love the way you were like, um, <laughs> how old are you? <laughs> I, just, I just needed to do some maths. Um, quick maths. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, I would say that the power dynamic in that is it, still interesting, because if you're with a 25-year-old man, like, mm-hmm. that is still, like, someone who is, like, they have very power. much, like, in power in terms of, like, their patriarchal position. You see, that's the thing, right? Like, that's the thing with, with these sorts of things. Like, and I, oh, that's, that's a question I've always grappled with in terms of, like, being in a heterosexual pre- presenting relationship, how you then grapple with, like, power politics and how you grapple with, like, just the politics of being with a dude. I feel like being with a dude, there's something... Uh, I'm just, if you want to see, like, how unfeminist you can get, just, like, start fucking a cis heterosexual man. Yeah, right? Because the things that I find, like, you find, like, really powerful women, and they're, like, feminist as fuck. But then the things they let slide in their personal spaces is wild. Yeah. It's so I think that has wild. a lot to do with, like, how we're socialized. And I think, like, you can start questioning yourself but it doesn't usually like immediately change like your actions Mm -hmm. like around like the things you're doing so you can be sitting with yourself and thinking oh my goodness actually this is the part that patriarchy has played in my life and like this is my place in the world but at the same time like you're not really ready to process accept and even like react to that reality and sometimes it's that but other times it's really like women assimilating and women just becoming desperate as they get older to be completely honest like not like, to generalize wait like actually um, being like i'll let things slide yeah because. yeah because like the older you get the more of the streets you see the worse people get especially if you're talking about like cis heterosexual men it's just like the worst the dating pool just gets the pressure is getting worse it is getting worse <laughs> do you know what i mean and i think for other people you just you ha- you just end up with a guy who's yeah, like he's a little bit problematic, but you know, in terms of like twenty twenty two, he's like progressive and he's like like he's, he's okay. He's, you know, he's a guy who says I don't have a problem with gay people, or maybe he doesn't spend a lot of time on Twitter, and like so you're like okay, yeah, and he doesn't call he doesn't call women females. Yeah, so you're like okay, like he's one of the better ones, but it doesn't change that like within the relationship, it's it's very it's very very difficult to opt out of patriarchy. 
it's really, really hard. And it doesn't matter like how wealthy you are, how much you have. Like you're always, especially if you're in a cis heterosexual relationship, like people are always going to see that cis heterosexual relationship. And even if you try to opt out of certain things, like the gender roles, ETC, like people are going to place you back mm. in those boxes and you're going to have to like, you're going to have to perform for the patriarchy. Even that's why people say, oh, like, oh, like, I don't believe in Lobola. I don't believe in like bride price, but you know what? I just have to do it for my family. You don't. You don't. You actually don't have to do it. You're doing it because you don't want to risk the community that is around you. You don't want to risk like your relationships around you. So you end up having to assimilate. And that is really like the power of the patriarchy, right? Opt in or like get the fuck out. And it is so much harder to escape when you are in a cishet relationship. Because like with queer relationships, even though queer relationships do then suffer from heteronormativity, right? But like within queer relationships, there's a lot more space to like unpack and to like do things differently but even within queer relationships, we will fall into those sort of roles and we will fall into those like ideas and notions because yeah. like, think about it. Like I know with us, even with us, like I think I'm even giving us too much because we, we recently, like when I say recently, I mean all of 15 minutes ago, <laughs> talked about the studs who will ruin your life, right? And, these, and yeah. please know these are like studs who will ruin your life mm-hmm. who are like in the freaking social justice realm out here unpacking things and like this is how i'm going back to like the whole idea of like fucking being problematic where i have been in spaces where please know activists who know better are out here doing the fucking most right they are out here like doing that whole thing because they're more mask presenting they're the ones who are cheating in the streets Y'all know who you are. And I know some of y'all listen to this podcast. So don't be sitting there looking shocked, being like, oh, why is she talking mess? Like, and like being out here, being mask presenting, like there's one, um, there's one head of an NGO person, mask presenting, na, 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 slides into the DMs at a conference years ago, years ago, years ago. And it's like, what's good, right? Mm-hmm. And like macking, 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 macking. Then my partner turns up and the macking stops. And I'm like, mm, what's going on? And they're like, oh, your partner's here. So I'm like, oh, so you was actively being shady. And so like, this is what I'm talking about when I'm like, you know, this whole thing of like having feminist principles, but in our personal like spaces, it's nice to squawk about them. But in our personal spaces, we doing shady shit, right? And it comes back to even the conversation we were having, ignoring red flags, Technically, that's a pushback on our politics because we're like, we understand that red (laughs) flags are based in problematic shit. But you and me be here being like, but is it a bad red flag? So what are your thoughts on that? Is ignoring a red flag technically a little bit unfeminist? Uh No, and I know you're struggling with this because you're like wanting to ignore some red flags at this moment. But like, I'm back this with me, baby. Okay, so Tina's just like here hosing, hosing themselves. Okay, okay. all right. Come on, give me some feminist analysis on this man. <laughs> Is ignoring red flags unfeminist? Nah, nah. Nah, you don't think so? Nah. Nah. You're going to have to give me more than that, boo. Nah. <laughs> I think. What do I think? 
<laughs> I think we're all, I don't have a political answer to this. I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna say what's in my heart. Okay. <laughs> Which is that um I think at any given time, like we're all just doing the best we can. Because mm-hmm. when I think back, like when I think back to like maybe five, four years ago, six years ago. And I think about the relationships that I was in that I'm not in anymore. And I think about all the things that I, I, I accepted. Mm-hmm. The people that I got back together with. You know, there was a time I had been in a relationship with someone and we broke up and we got back together. And after we got back together, like there's a day that I, you know, basically was like asleep the whole day. I really was asleep at my house. Um and they tried to reach me and they couldn't. So they basically blocked me. Immediately. They you. Immediately. Um, <laughs> and I went over to their house and there were like so many people over there. Because, you know, we had plans that evening. So, you know. And they basically, you know, chased me out in front of everybody. Whoa. I had to get my clothes. I was carrying all my shit in my arms <laughs> it was so fucking embarrassing right wait what was the basis for all this like why this that's a really big reaction okay well some interesting context is that the reason that we had broken up the first time is because you know there had been some infidelity involved on my part i i love so, the way your voice dropped like you should see I... the voice levels <laughs> on the podcast they go from like a proper voice level to like, like the computer's like, sorry, what? Okay, so there'd been some infidelity. In yeah. It. So I, I suppose like when I disappeared, even though I was sleeping. <laughs> like you're like, look, fam, I'm going to put it on the record one more again. Yeah. This time I was sleeping. <laughs> I guess there was a lot of like distrust in the relationship. Mm-hmm. But the point I'm trying to make is even after they humiliated me, even after I ch- cheated on them, I guess. Mm-hmm. There's no, I guess. Um, <laughs> even after, even after all the different problems that we have, that we had in our relationship, mm-hmm. we still got back together after that. Mm-hmm. The relationship only ended about a year or two after that, okay. right? And when I look back at that, I'm like, why was I even in that relationship in the first place? Why did I stay in that relationship when, from the beginning, I could tell that this was not a compatible relationship and this was not going to be a healthy dynamic, mm-hmm. and I still stayed. And I can confidently stay, say that at the time, I think I just, I wanted what I wanted. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And, and we that's, do want what Yeah, we and want. that's usually the bottom line. Like, people want what they want. Like, the heart wants what it wants. And, um, like, the body wants what it wants. Um, and sometimes, when you are not really regulated, <laughs> like, I was not at the time, like, just not in touch with myself, not in touch with my own boundaries, didn't have my own boundaries. Um, didn't really know where I was going in my life or uh, like if I was coming or going. So if I didn't have any boundaries for myself, like how could I expect someone else to have boundaries with me? True. So I guess it was just a combination of things of why we ignore it. Like sometimes it's like our state of mind. Sometimes it's, just a, just a situation. It's just a situation. It's, it's just a, a situation. situation. And at the end of the day, like, we were all socialized a certain way. And every day we are fighting for our lives to try every and reimagine day. a new world. 
try and reimagine a place where all of us can fit, where all of us are okay, right? And that's like that's some serious, serious unlearning because like patriarchy is like very intricately like woven in literally every it's in single our DNA thing. At yeah, this in every in single time. thing that we do. Mm. So at the end of the day, like when I see like women being embarrassed and like going back into relationships, like I just I just feel sorry for them to be honest. I just can't find it in my heart to judge because I've been that person. True. And now I know like people stay for as long as they do for a reason and people leave when they leave for a reason. Cause you know? cause like with red flags, it's there's so much that because like for me it's it's one of those things that I I have been thinking about over the last few days as to whether ignoring red flags is quote unquote unfeminist because you're like you've got the you've got the framework you've got the understanding you've got the this you've got the that even though we are constantly learning not to say like feminists we have it all figured out um but like we are constantly learning and so it's a case of like these things that are actively pushing back against some of the things you've learned some of the things you've thought some of the things you fight against right yeah and you're allowing them in your personal space because of what, right? And like the way you're saying, we want what we want and what we ignore red flags about is so personal and intricate. Like you could, you could like, for me, I, therapy after a really bad breakup, therapy taught me that I look, that I looked past tense because I did not pay all that money at therapy <laughs> to keep doing the same goddamn bullshit, mm-hmm. Right that I looked for my heterosexual white stepdad in queer women of color. So I, don't, I didn't even have daddy issues. Daddy issues for what? That is so, like, 1995. <laughs> stepdaddy issues, yes, yes, right? And, like, ignoring the same set of red flags. They weren't even changing in color, shape, and size. They yeah. were the same set of red flags again and again because of that sort of, like... Yeah. That that everything that I'd gone through with that man and like trying to rectify it, but like thinking that I'm not, not even knowing that I'm trying to rectify it, but like thinking if I can have this amazing interaction with this queer woman of color, right? In whatever this different body, this different sort of like life being, then I could fix everything that had come with my step. Because like I'm sitting in therapy, that aha moment, I was like oh my God, these people are all exactly like my stepdad. Like, in terms of the gaslighting, the emotional abuse, the this, the that, the this, the that. They're all like that. But like, I was like, no, but they can't be like that because they're queer women of color and he was a straight white dude. (laughs) So make that make sense. But like, I think for me, there's a way in which sometimes I hope that my feminism and the things that I've learned from like even our work, because like we do a lot of work within this realm, will help, but sometimes it just disappears. Mm. And it's not there, and it's not guiding, you know? I mean, it doesn't matter how much you know, like no one is above being socialized. So the things that we were taught, they're still like very heavily within us, you know? Mm. Mm. I can relate to that, because I just feel like I've, you know... And this is, this I, is love so funny just, I love the way I love the way you just keep like, laughing at these yeah, things. But okay, go tell me, boo. Been, tell me, boo. It's been such an interesting week of having like similar conversations around like how we were parented and how we are now. Mm-hmm. And you know, I have a deadbeat father who is just such a 
fucking narcissist. Guys, everyone loves a good deadbeat father. Ah, Shout out to the fathers out there. That's why Father's Day is such a popular holiday. (laughs) Yeah, so he's such a fucking narcissist. And, you know, a few days ago, um, I was just talking to my friend about just, like, my past and just everything. And she was just saying, like, oh, my God, like, you were chasing, like, these narcissists for so long. And I think my partner now is, like, the first person who I've ever been with. Who is just like, I just can't, I can't quite explain it, but there's something that happens when you are like with a narcissist. And I think it almost feels as though like you're never good enough. Yeah. No. You are the one who's lucky to be here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, don't tread carefully or you could lose me at any minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like then they give you little bits of pieces to hold on to and then like you... You hold on to those so dearly and then, oh. and then they're distant and they're gone again. And I just was realizing that that has been like the cycle of a lot of my relationships mm. um, up until like my recent relationship and just being like, this is the first person who doesn't make me feel like, oh my God, like if I fuck up or if I'm not like a perfect person or like if I don't get like the pizza flavor right, mm. then like I'm not a complete human yeah like <laughs> no you are actually an incomplete human for getting things wrong with a narcissist. So Yeah. Yeah, no, fam. Because the thing is, we we go, and like, and this is okay. This is then transitions nicely to this idea of being a perfect feminist, right? So like, we can see that in our intimate spaces, we're gonna get things wrong, right? And in our intimate spaces, we're not always gonna get things. We're we're gonna allow. We're gonna find ourselves in situations. That are really jacked up, right? Yeah. Or we're gonna do jacked up stuff. Cause yeah. like, let's not act like there's not feminists out here cheating at conferences. A whole like, oh, feminist utopia conference, and you're like finger deep inside people. You have no business being finger deep inside, right? What what is what is happening at these conferences? Chuma, you don't know how these conferences are. Like, no, I've never been to. I've never traveled to a feminist conference before. You haven't. People don't, are sleeping on me. People are sleeping on you, but they're gonna stop sleeping on you right now. <laughs> But, like, now this whole thing where now people want to be in the streets. Like, recently you made a TikTok and somebody came for you sideways talking about how you think you're a perfect feminist and stuff like that. Can we talk about how, as feminists, we're constantly expecting perfection from each other and then dragging each other for filth? I would actually like to interject and say that I don't even... I, I wouldn't even say that, like, that TikTok was, like, an example of imperfect feminism. I stand no, by it. No, I stand no, by not even. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that that TikTok was imperfect feminism, but like the fact that somebody came at you being like, I have this thread long critique of your, rather than having a conversation with you about it. Yeah. So like they, um, they saw it as you flaunting your feminism, you being an imperfect feminist by like trying to like tout your, what, what was their problem with your TikTok? Like, I remember you telling me, and I'm just like, why are they like this? Um, so, <laughs> I'm not going to get into the TikTok, but I'm going to get into the, what you're asking me mm-hmm. about this. And I think, for me, I just feel, as feminists, right, even just as women, mm-hmm. as queer people, like, we're people who want a similar world. We're people who, want, who have, like, similar shared values, um, we share visions of the world and like really like um, 
fundamental values that are important, right? Um, which for me means I am always going to speak to and address you in good faith mm-hmm. um, with respect um, as my feminist sister. Um, I will never at you the same way I at some misogynist who's telling me that abortion is murder on the timeline. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like we're not going to come at each other sideways <laughs> exactly. the same way. Um, and like, yeah, maybe I'm oversensitive. Maybe I'm a cancer or whatever, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love you astro bitches. Mercury is already always drinking Gatorade in the microwave and it's, it's okay. <laughs> I love you astro bitches. <laughs> so, um, yeah, maybe I'm being that, but I, you know, I just... It really grates my tits when people do not treat each other well within the community. And mm. I think we've seen it a lot on Twitter. And I've even had an episode about this, like where I think um, at Tanya Diaries was saying, um, she just feels so sorry for the women who felt like they had to leave feminism because a feminist dragged them on Twitter because that's not the be all and end all of feminism. So mm. don't ever look at me and feel like I am the be all and end all of feminism, right? You don't pay my taxes. You don't pay taxes to me to discourse on Twitter. You don't pay me taxes to post on TikTok. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as colleagues and as friends and as mutuals, should we ever need to unpack or should we ever feel like we disagree, then I think we can do that well. Um, But just also the reason why I even think that, like, we were talking about this is because I just... uh, I don't know. Like, it's just so silly to me because TikTok is literally 15 second clips. And if I like, if someone decides to pick like one little topic or one little subject, like out of a certain topic Mm -hmm. and you feel like it's not enough, then why don't like you make your own? Make your own. (laughs) Or even like slide into the DMs and have the conversation. Like, I think for me, there's just been, and especially I've seen it a lot on Twitter, but now part of the reason like we even started thinking about this was because somebody came to you privately and was just like, Tiff ain't shit. And I was just like, but bruh, like, what? also... You know what? That's not verbatim what happened. I'm just on the record. <laughs> it's not, it's not verbatim. <laughs> it's not verbatim what happened. But like, like it's, it's that whole thing of like, having this entire... Like you can... People creating this entire narrative about you. Like the way you said, off one thing. A 15 second TikTok. And in this case where the person found out that, you know, apparently I'm problematic, was off one article. I Literally, it's one article published on a website that was republished automatically when the website was relaunched. And so now that whole entire thing was like, oh, no, Tiff's now problematic. There's probably other stories, too. But like, it's just that whole thing where people have this, this very little grace And it comes back to that whole thing of like, you know, we ignore red flags and we this and our feminism can't always pop up 24-7, right? But like, the fact is, sometimes within the feminist realm, and I don't know if you find this, and it probably happens within all sorts of social justice movements, just so little grace to like mess up in small ways or to find yourself in situations that are not always ideal. And then all of a sudden, it's sort of like you're being called the... (laughs) Chum, like, I don't even know if I should repeat it on the podcast. <laughs> You're being called the head girl of feminism. <laughs> and then it's a mess. It's a mess. How do you think, how do you think that we can have better feminist friendships? 
How can we do that? I don't know. I don't know. How do you think we can have better feminist friendships? Because, like, I actually realized that same way I have very few... Guys, am I just a terrible social justice person? <laughs> same way I have very few close queer friends, um, especially within the realm. Woo! Especially within the social justice realm. I have very few close feminist friends. Like, I have a lot of, like, strong women friends, but then they don't have feminist in their, like, Twitter bio. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So how do you think we can have better feminist friendships? Because the queers are a mess. We can't solve them. They just yeah. fucking each other. I think, um, and these are, like, difficult conversations to have, like, with, like, a broad group of people. Because when I hear, like, Sorry, straight women. But when I hear cis heterosexual women and when I hear men um, t- and white people talking about... <laughs> All the demographics. Yeah, when I hear them talking about like needing grace, for me, it always sounds like and feels like it's going to be at my expense. Mm-hmm. Um, for them, grace means let me misgender you a few times or let me misgender you every time because I just don't get this pronoun stuff. Um Grace to them means um, let me ignore all your stories about like your queer stuff, for example, um, and let me overload you with my story about my ex who I can't stop going back to. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's just this like unequal like dynamic, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I feel as though within our community, right, and within our safe spaces and the places where we are 100% confident that we all have each other's best interests at heart um, and that we all want the same thing, then I think that grace really is important Mm. because a majority of us are always on learning journeys, right? And the world is evolving so much that, like, even if you, like, even if you think that you are that bitch, right, you could possibly no longer be that bitch. Come on, like, bell hooks... R.I.P. My sister. <laughs> yeah, no. no it, it got shaky towards the end, eh? Uh, Bell Hooks. <laughs> she was critiqued so many times yeah. towards the end there. Yeah. She was critiqued so many times and she also had to learn. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not really trying to compare myself or anybody else really to <laughs> Bell Hooks, but I'm just trying to like even make an example that to. even the best of us, even yeah. the greats, even the giants, even mm. the ones who have led us, yeah. they have had to learn and learn. So when we are within those spaces, even to the end, had together, to learn and learn. yeah, as we are like in our spaces, we should be able to keep it a buck with each other to be like, Hey, like I didn't like what you did there because this and this and this, or Hey, like I thought that this was problematic because this and this and this, and that way I can say, Oh shit. Okay. Like either, damn damn that was problematic or you know or I like to actually defend myself do you know what i, I mean was, like because yeah. i don't think we should be using the same tools that have been used to like put us apart mm. to like continue like taking space in the way that we communicate with each other yeah yeah oh no that's brilliant that is brilliant because i think that is one of the deepest things i learned in this sort of space that we're in where we use the same weapons that we're using out in the streets against each other. And it's almost like we don't know when to put them down. Yeah. Like when you walk back into the house, put away your weapons, <laughs> put away your weapons. Like don't, yeah. don't become in swing yeah. because that's technically what happened on those Twitter streets. When that person was subtweeting you, they forgot to put their weapons down at the door and they walked back into the house 
swinging that sword. And it was like, and I love that you called them out on it. And that is actually just like a really brilliant way to end this. Be like, you know what? The grace that, you know, the grace that we, does, that is always called from us outside, we need to actually bring it back inside the house and, be great, and give each other grace. Yeah. Where can people find you? You must tell me. <laughs> in the streets, in these Twitter streets where they're harassing you, if you want to harass <laughs> where can they find you? Oh, oh my goodness me. Um, okay, so where can you find me? You can find me at the Feminist Bar Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Makatinatswe. You can find me on Instagram at The Feminist Creative. And you can find me on TikTok. Please. At Wait, yes. I'm putting all of these in the show notes. Please go watch the TikTok. Find me on TikTok, to be honest, because that's where shit is popping. It's just fun. Like, TikTok, I don't have to talk to anyone. I don't reply, like, comments because, you know, people are kind of unhinged. It's just vibes. You know what I mean? Like, it's just vibes for me. And I love that for myself. No, I love that for you, too. Because you're also very active on Twitter. Like, you're legitimately active on Twitter. And I love that for you. Like, I, like, sometimes go on your timeline and I'm like, oh, shit. This, like, has, like, a lot of retweets and a lot of replies. And you'll be, like, putting something up and people will be like, I'll be tweeting things and people will be like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Why no, are you Twitter? That's just what happens when you spend a lot of time on Twitter. So I spend a lot of time on Twitter and there's like a large group of people that also spend a lot of time on Twitter. So it's very much like just a community of, if you if you actually open those retweets and those replies, a lot of them are usually the same people. <laughs> <laughs> so it's squad goals. Yeah. All right. Oh, my baby. Thank you for coming on again and hanging out with me. Thank you for having me. Oh, I love this for us. <laughs> I love hanging with Tina. Like, it's such good vibes. It's such good vibes. Get podcast guests who will cook for you. But that is not the point. The point of this is when we were discussing things before and even during the podcast, the idea of power dynamics came up. And look, power dynamics are something that can sneak up in your relationship and you have no idea. You just be like, poo, poo, poo. What do you mean? And the thing is, power dynamics are so intimately and intricately linked to our identities, right? And they can come up for like a whole bunch of reasons. So like the power dynamics can tip according to things like whether who has more money or not, like between like, like who's black, who's white, who's taller, who's shorter, like where you come from. So many things can affect your power dynamics, right? And figuring them out within a relationship can lead to an emotionally secure, safe one that everyone can thrive in. So one article spoke about how power imbalances in relationships often arrive from specific themes, including finances, sexual intimacy, decision-making, duties, and even responsibilities. Like who is cleaning dishes more? Like, is there somebody who's always cleaning while the other person just be straight chilling playing xbox check yourself before you wreck yourself right so often power dynamics play out according to identities because the world does give some people 
more power than others. We can all talk about how, you know, in the intimacy of our own homes, the level, the playing field is level, but that's not true. We carry everything from the world into our houses and vice versa, right? So understanding how power dynamics play out in your relationship is so important. How does your identity bring power into your intimate space, right? So think about who is quote unquote wearing the pants in a relationship. Is there someone who drives it more, makes more decisions, gets their way more? Relationships are about commu communication and cooperation, but this also has an element of compromise. So is there somebody who does not compromise at all? So there's, there's a thing out there in the world called the power inventory, and I will put a link in the bio when I go and track it down again. And it has some questions and some statements that really help you unpack how your power dynamics are playing out in your relationship. And so like some of the things that come up are like, I have more say than my partner does when we make decisions. I have more control over decision-making than my power, the, than my partner does in our relationship. I have more power than my partner does when deciding issues in our relationship. I'm more likely than my partner to get my way when we disagree about issues in our relationship. And my partner has more say than I do when we make decisions. So it's like making you think about things like that in an active and like intentional manner, right? And so the literature, and you know, you always have to quote the literature, or you really don't, it's fine. But the literature, when I was reading, some things came up and I found this thing that kept recurring called the three types of power dynamics that kept like popping up. And the first one is the demand withdrawal dynamic, which occurs when one partner is the demander who seeks change in discussion and is in constant search of a resolution to issues within the relationship. Meanwhile, the other person is withdrawn, seeking to avoid issues. The second one is the distance, distancer slash pursuer dynamic, which occurs when one person known as the pursuer tries to achieve and maintain a certain degree of intimacy with their partner, the distancer, who considers this affection to be smothering. In this unhealthy dynamic, the closer the pursuer wants to be, the more resistant, defiant and withdrawn the distancer becomes. The last one is the fear-shame dynamic, which is often an unconscious culprit of relationship troubles because the fear and insecurity of one partner brings out the shame and avoidance in another. So there's this doctor called Dr. Stephen Stonesee, and he says the vulnerability of fear and shame is influenced by many different variables, right? This is what makes it super tricky because it can be anything from hormone levels and traumatic experiences, like to goodness knows what else, like work pressures and stuff like that, which can make this dynamic particularly difficult to get out of. But not all power struggles are like the death bell of a relationship. Naturally, there will be times when there are power imbalances, but there are some types of power struggles, which when unpacked and engaged with can allow growth within the relationship and encourage a deeper understanding and respect for each other. So now that you know about power dynamics, I would really, really encourage you to sit and actually think about them. Like think about, I know, and I'm going to use some $10 words in a $3 conversation, but like the intersectionality of your identities and unpacking those and being like, 
what does it mean for me to be XYZ and for my partner to be XYZ or my partners to be XYZ? And what does that mean for our power dynamic, right? Like you could be dating a white boy. Like what does it mean to be dating a white boy where like it's, you know, kind of powerful to be a white boy. Don't be denying it, white boys. You know, it's still powerful to be a white boy. So like, what does it mean for things like that? What does it mean if you have more money than your partner? What does it mean if you're from a quote unquote better tribe or more powerful tribe than your partner? What does these things mean? So unpacking those can lead to really understanding your relationship, really understanding where you come from, but like just get into it, my people. It's fine. But while you're also doing that, make sure you leave this podcast a five-star review on all the platforms because it helps with the algorithms. Also share this podcast with your friends, your family, your colleagues, your enemy, Susan from HR. Susan from HR knows she needs to be listening to this platform, right? She needs to be better. She knows she needs to be better. Also, while you are there, go to basically life under slash pod on IG for great content. If I do say so myself, I am sometimes terrible at posting, but when I do post, it's great. It's great. And the last thing is email on basicallypod at gmail.com. Email your thoughts, your fill-ins, you know, your requests, um, all of the things, all of the things. But while you are also doing that, know that this is basically life. And I am your host, Tiff Mugo, telling you to calm your tits because life is never, ever that serious.